0: Happy holiday! Welcome. Happy holiday to Happy Life Studios. May the calendar keep ringing. Happy holidays to you. We're here to make your happy holidays even happier. If with trouble, then get Happier Holidays holiday Happy your holiday Happy holiday Mr. Grinch, the king of sinful sots. <laughs> what in the world is a sot? And uh, while we're at it, what is a rotter? Well, they're actually words that actually mean something. I thought rotter just meant, uh, you know, a rotten person. And that's kind of really what it means. But I looked at the definition for it. And uh, the definition is to be an unkind, uh, mean person, basically. And sot actually means to be an habitual drunkard. And uh, the reason I looked those up is because my wife had one of those episodes again. By the way, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to know the words of a song to sing it. I mean, sometimes I just don't have time to learn the words. I'm just going to sing. I sing everywhere, anywhere. I'm kind of obnoxious, actually. But you should see me when I'm in the car by myself, especially when the Christmas holidays come around. (laughs) It's, It's pretty bad. But anyway, the reason I had to look those up is because well, my wife and I have had a few instances, um, only the difference between her and mine, I, I was right this time. I mean, I was singing that the other day, and uh, and my wife said, Sots, what's that? And I said, I, I don't know. And she said, it's the king of sinful thoughts. And I thought for sure it was Sots, but she's been right so many times, um, like the time that we were at this big party. And uh, the the song in the background was playing uh, was Margaritaville. And I just started singing "Wasted Away Again" in Margaritaville, and then I was getting ready to searching for my lost chigger saw. Yeah, you heard it. I said chigger saw. <laughs> what is a chigger saw? I have no clue. It's just what I thought the words were. I mean, I didn't know shaker salt. I I wasn't a didn't know anything about drinks when I was a kid. I was a preacher's kid. I didn't know you. Why would you put salt in a drink anyway? You know. And, uh, and I was getting ready to hit the next line and everyone was listening to me at the party. And I was kind of one of those moments where I was, was, it was just, it was just happening, you know, and all of a sudden everything stops. You ever remember those commercials, EF Hutton commercials where it says, my broker is EF Hutton and EF Hutton says, and then everyone just stops and they freeze. Well, that's what happened here because the moment I said, searching for my lost or saw before I could even get it further on, my wife says, what did you just say? And the whole party stopped and looked at me. And I knew I <laughs> I knew I was busted. I was so busted. I said, uh, wasted away again in Margaritaville. She said, no, 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 after that. Uh some people think there's a woman to blame. <laughs> nope, before that. Oh, searching for my lost sugars. She said, What? My lost sugars. What did you say? I said lost chick saw. She said, What is a chick I said, I don't know. I was wondering why they put it in a drink myself. So last night when I was singing, I was singing, you know, the king of sinful thoughts. And she said, sinful thoughts, what is that? And I, and uh, she says, it's sinful thoughts. And while she's been right all the other times, the difference was when she was right, I was in a crowd of a whole bunch of people paying attention. When I was right, it was just me and her and my son in in the room. That was the big difference. And you know what? You don't have to know the words of a song to sing but but sometimes you can get them off a little bit like i heard the story of a of someone who was was in church and they were singing this song called our god reigns and um and you just belted out at that part. Our God reigns. But they heard this lady behind her who who was this close. She was back there. Her hands were in the air. She was praising God. Her eyes were closed. And she was at the top of her lungs. Instead of singing, Our God reigns, she was singing, I've got brains. And she was so into it. I mean, she really thought that was it. That was her lost sugar saw, <laughs> I guess. You know, I mean, you can just change one word or two and it changes the entire meaning of a a song. You can be so close and be completely off. For instance, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is dead. (laughs) Sorry. How about Frosty the Snowman Melted? Or sometimes you can just stop a song at the wrong place and it changes everything like everybody knows a turkey. Well, it's true, right? <laughs> but I want to talk about Frosty the Snowman uh, because he was a jolly, happy soul. With the corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. My buddy has a big old... Frosty the snowman that inflates on his yard for Christmas every year. Let's talk about the life. What makes Frosty live? In, in the movie, well, it's the hat. It's, it's the hat that they used. But my buddy, for his Christmas decoration, his, his big six-foot-tall Frosty the snowman in his front yard, it's the power, it's the, the electricity that, that gives him life. So what gives us life? What, what makes us live isn't it the air? Isn't it the air, the breath that God gives us? Isn't that like the, the air? And Frosty, my friends, um, you know, his, his snowman, when you plug in the power, the blower blows all this air in there. And that's what makes his Christmas decoration come alive. It makes it live. It's the air. And it's the same as true with us. It's the air we breathe. It's the breath that God gives us. But in that cartoon, it was a silk hat they found. The other thing that gives us life in real life is not only the birth of Christ, the point of the birth of Christ is for the life of Christ and then the death of him. He came to earth as a human being to live as a human being so he could understand what we're going through. So he could go to God, the father and pray on our behalf, the Bible says. And, and, um, but he knew no sin. So when he died, they put a hat on him too. And it was a crown. It was a crown crown of thorns. It was a crown and mockery because he was called the king of the Jews. They said, you want to be king of the Jews and we'll give you a crown. They, they shoved a crown of thorns on his head. That's what gives me life. And it's what gives you life. It's what gives us life. It's the death and sacrifice that Christ made for us that we can have eternal life. John three 16, You've probably seen the guy with the, the rainbow colored Afro holding signs, at least back in the day at all the football games he would, but God loved the world so much. It says, that he gave his only son, that if anyone would believe in his son, he wouldn't die, but he'd have everlasting life. And it's talking about life in the hereafter. This this life this on earth is just a small segment of what God has prepared for those who love him and want to follow him and, and be his be his friend. But if you take the Christ out of Christmas, all you have is mass. That's it. And if you take the Christ out of us, all we are is just mass. We're just skin and sinew and muscle and blood and bones, but we're just mass. It's Christ that gives us the life. Secondly, when, when, uh, my buddy's frosty is, is up and, and, and running, um, it looks good, but you know what? It really looks good. It looks good at night. You know why it looks good at night? Because not only is air blowing through it, but there is a light in there, and you can't really even see the light uh, unless it's at nighttime. So if you drive past his house in the day and then drive past it at night, it is completely different. It's the light that makes him come alive, that makes him so attractive. So what about us? We, too, we live in a dark world. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that that are going on. I mean, you look at the, the, the shootings and the... Um, what just happened down in, uh, San Bernardino. And I mean, you don't have to watch the news for more than 30 or 40 seconds to see that we live in a dark world. Uh, that's true. But when we're in the dark, it's an opportunity for us to shine even more like my buddy's frosty in his front lawn. So the question I have is, do people see the light inside of me? That's what I want. Do I glow with the life and relationship of Jesus? Sometimes Yes. Sometimes no. And I would get to the point where every breath of my life is I am showing the light. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. Then Jesus said that he was the light of the world and he made us in his image. There's a thing there. He wants us to be his light and light shines best in the darkest world. Are people attracted to us? Do they notice us? Or are they turned off by us? Because we're not showing the light. We're not showing the kindness. When people really met Jesus for who he was. Let's remember it was the Pharisees. It was the religious leaders that couldn't stand Jesus. Everybody else loved him. The sinners, the, the mean, wicked people the, that we would call mean, wicked. Maybe the, the religious would call that they, they loved Jesus. So here are some takeaways I want to talk about. We live in a dark world. That's true. But we need to stop complaining about it. Stop pointing out the dark and start shining the light. Instead, I got two options. I can either point my finger at the darkness or at people that are living in darkness, quote unquote, or I can just shine and be the light myself. I think the second one is much more positive. Be kind, be positive. Don't be a rotter. Don't be a mean person, but be thoughtful of others more than thinking about yourself. If we don't glow with the life and relationship of Jesus, do we want to? I mean, that's something that that even matters to us. If it does, I have three ways to to get that started. First of all, just tell Jesus you're sorry. Tell him that you haven't been shining his light the way you want to when you're in the car, you get mad at these people for how they drive, or when you're living with your kids, sometimes you get more angry. I know I do. I struggle with all that stuff. And so when I do, I need to tell Jesus that I'm sorry that I am not shining his light like I'd want to. And I let him know that from here on out, I want to. So I'm sorry, Jesus, for not being your light. Please help me do that from here on out. It's really that simple. Secondly, put up reminders, sticky notes, Maybe things that no one else even know what it is, but something you could put on your dash, something you could put on your mirror, something you could put on your office at work. So a little smiley face, something. I mean, I, I put together a logo that represents me and, and happy life. It, it's lime green. It, it's a whole long story, but that, that, that means something to me. Every time I see that, I'm reminded that, wait a minute, I need to be the life. I need to be the happy that other people need to see. Instead of seeing darkness in me, I want to shine the happy. So put down, a, put something in the Old Testament that was called the altar. That's what it was all about. They would build an altar. When God to do something cool, they'd build an altar to remind them of what God did there. And the cool part about that is that grandkids would come by and say, Grandpa, what's that altar? What's that pile of rocks? And the grandpa would say, you don't know what that's there for? Well, let me tell you. And they would tell them this whole story. But we want to put things up that remind us that we want to be that light. And sometimes we just get so caught up in the speed and stress of life itself. And we forget why we're celebrating Christmas in the first place and why we exist. But I think that St. Irenaeus said it, the, why we exist the best when he said the glory of God is man fully alive. We're here to show God is fully alive. That's the glory of God to see us fully alive. God alive in us with the power and the light shining through us. And and then do something that shines his life. So first, tell Jesus you're sorry you haven't been shining his light, and you want to. Secondly, put up reminders. And thirdly, do something that shines his life. Do it now. If you wait, the odds of this going anywhere die dramatically. And you can pause this podcast and text somebody right now. Do something simple, something small. Go to the store and buy something for someone else. Pay for someone else's groceries. My brother and and, uh, his wife have a tradition. They live by a place in, in Florida that has toll roads. And every time they go through a toll road, they pay for theirs and for the person behind them. And uh, I was down there using their car and we went through the toll road and she paid for the person back. And she says, now on the way back, I was going to have the car myself. And she handed me another five and said, on the way back, would you do me a favor? Pay for yours, use us to pay for yours and pay for the person behind you. Because they just, that that's the way to be the light to somebody. I mean, I think that is so cool. So if we don't glow with the life and relationship with Jesus, um, just tell Jesus you want to. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him you want to put up reminders and do something that shines his life. Do it now. Do it immediately. If people aren't attracted to us, here's three more things that we can do. Okay. Number one, smile. It's easy. Just start smiling. Put another reminder up to remind you to smile a little happy face or something. Physical touch too. You know, salesmen are taught that when you touch the customer, a pat on, a, on the shoulder, a, a hug, a handshake, something like that, um, the odds of a sale go up dramatically. I'm not trying to get you to sell anything. What I'm trying to say is, is that there's power in the physical touch when we just pat someone on the back to encourage them or we just shake their hand or, or something like that. Or even if they're not attractive, just encourage them, a, a word of encouragement. So a smile, physical touch, encouragement, and, and pray for them. You don't have to make some big demonstration. Sometimes prayer just gets whacked out. We make it into something that's not. It's simply talking. It's talking with someone. It's having a communication with someone. And uh, just under your breath, say something like, Jesus, love them right now. God bless them. And have some fun with it, okay? Um, I I don't want to be tarred and tortured as a heretic here, (laughs) but I must tell you that prayer actually is fun. Um, We just tend to make it not fun. I remember one time when, when this car cut me off in front of me, and it was just kicking out smoke, and, and it had this bu- all these bumper stickers that were, to me, they were just rude. They, they bothered me, okay? And uh, I got caught up, and I like I often do, I just began to kind of react really quickly, and all of a sudden, I caught myself. Before I cursed them too much, before I said how stupid they were, or I didn't like that bumper sticker. And I decided to, I asked God to forgive me immediately. I said, God, I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't feel it. I still felt like angry or whatever, but I just said, God, I'm sorry. I don't want to curse them. The Bible, I I want to bless them instead. In fact, it says in James chapter three, verses eight through 12, that quote, this is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? So we need to shine forth the light of God, not darkness. I have to admit that when that car pulled in front of me, I actually had, when I decided to bless them, I actually had a little bit of fun doing it. My prayer went something like this. God, I ask that you go in that car right now and sit on their head, (laughs) whisper in their ear and tell them how much you love them and how wonderful you know that they are and let them feel the same thing. (laughs) I just saw God going in there in his spirit and sitting on their head. And and, uh, I just immediately began to smile and even laugh a little. And it it changed my whole aspect and everything right there, brought the happy right back into my car. And who knows what happened there? The Bible says, if we pray according to God's will that he does it well, I believe it was God's will that he love on that person. (laughs) He might not have went and sat on their head, (laughs) but I just believe I prayed that prayer. And who knows if God showed up there and began to tell them how wonderful they are. Isn't that what it's about? Instead of cursing, we need to love, and and, and and on one hand, we say we love God, and yet we curse people, and we don't curse people just by swearing at them, but sometimes by telling them they're stupid or what an idiot. Those are curses, and it comes out of our mouth, and we don't want those things to come out of our mouth, and if people don't notice us, that's actually okay. We don't do things to be noticed, Okay. However, I will say that our actions should be noticed whether others know what's coming for us or not. Matthew says that we are the light of the world, so we should just shine, and hopefully people will see that, and in the darkness, they'll see the light of God in us. If they're turned off by us, as James said earlier, uh, my friends, this can't go on. And people often use God in the Bible as excuses to be mean, to be rotters. Yes, there are people who will become turned off or offended no matter what we do, because that's the way people are. They get offended and they get offended too easily. And I found often that Christians are the worst culprits of this. And we should be the best at this where we don't get offended by anybody because there's no offense in love. And if God is love and God is in us and we are like him, the more love we have, the less offense that we should have. Remember, we're not called to be God's bouncers. And I wanted to just let that that person in that car have it, man. Let them and talk to God and say they're th- this and that. And but I'm not called to be God's bouncer. I'll let God take care of that stuff. I don't want to. I want to be His blesser instead. I have found that often people weren't offended because that person said they were a Christian or stood for this or that. It is usually, in my opinion, how they said it that was so offensive. Sometimes you say, "Well, that's just the truth." Well. You speak the truth in love, in kindness. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, the Bible says in Galatians chapter five. It's, it's not anger and judgment. And so sometimes it's how we say things that become so offensive. It just, we we, we snap at people. Proverbs says, a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. If you're not a follower or a friend of Jesus, I just wanted to let you know, that that's what God's heart is. Not some of the mean stuff people who say they are friends of God show us sometimes. I mean, does that really make sense that God would send his son to earth to be a mean God? I mean, does that sound like a mean God to you? It doesn't to me. Does it sound like a mean God to you that would leave heaven and all he has at the tip of his fingers could be anywhere, do anything. And all of a sudden now he comes to earth to live in a body and, and in a, in a, in a, in a poor situation, born in a stable and, and um, then he has to live, and he has to die, and be tortured for us. Does that sound like the kind of a God who's angry at us and wants to defeat us, and wants to be mean to us, and wants to? Doesn't th- those two just don't add up to me? And so, if if there have been people out there who call themselves followers of God or Christians or whatever, but they just haven't shown it, well, cut them some slack because they're human beings, and we all make mistakes, you and I included. And I'm just trying to shine the light more, and and curse the darkness less, and just be the light instead. We as believers in God, as followers of Jesus, hold the fresh air and the light for others to see. And if they don't see us in us, there might not be anybody else that they can see it in. I really like how Paul puts it. And with this, I close when he's mentoring the younger Timothy in the book of uh, Timothy and first Timothy in the Bible, first Timothy chapter one, verses 15 and 16. This is so cool. It's a great scripture to end on. It says this. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof, public sinner number one. Now pause the, the quote here for a second. I just want to throw this in here. This is Paul we're talking about here. This is the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. And he himself is saying that I'm proof. I am public sinner number one. And then he says of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy and this guy had great upbringing he had great pedigree he went to all the best schools and yet he said that he couldn't have done it apart from God's mercy that's who God is he said I couldn't have done it um, apart from sheer mercy and now he Jesus God shows me off evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever so be that frosty the snowman God has filled you with his life now. Let his light shine. God wants to show you off to somebody who needs some light. To somebody who needs some life. You're amazing. God wants to show you off. So be that light so he can. Thanks for listening and have a happy Christmas.